Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, VA fam. I cannot. I'm so excited. I can't wait for you guys to dive into this episode. I rarely do I get to, I feel like, reconnect with someone that I've interviewed so many times. I feel like you've been on the show maybe twice or three mm-hmm. times. I had the pleasure of being on her own podcast um, not that long ago. And similar to Tiffany, I'm like, wow, I've followed your journey. I've had my own journey at the same time. But here we are together, BA fam, for a treat of an episode with the one and the only Morgan Debon, CEO of Blavity and so many other things that we're going to get into today on the show. Welcome, Morgan. Thank you for having me. Welcome back wow. from mat leave-ish. Ish. Yeah, I was telling Morgan that my mat leave is, you know, it's a very convenient excuse if I don't want to do something. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm on mat leave or I'll tell my I'll tell my virtual assistant, just like give him the mat leave, give him the mat leave email. But then if it's, hey, Morgan wants to be on your podcast, are you free? It's like, oh, yeah, mat leave is over. I'm here <laughs> for it. <laughs> and I told my and, team, I was like, just make sure she's back. Like, you know. We can do this in a couple of weeks, but here we are. Well, we, uh, here we are. I am 10 weeks post having my new baby, my new baby boy, Remy Raphael. And Morgan, for those of you who do not know, and you should, you should be following her podcast right now after you listen to this called The Journey um, and check them out on IG and all of that. Congrats, by the way, on the new show, the new podcast. Thank you. But Morgan's expecting any week now. You're, you're close, right? How far? I'm in my month seven. So I'm I feel like it really got real when my OB was like, you got to come in every two weeks. I was like, bitch, what? Like, Uh, I don't even have, like, I have monthly calls. I don't have Mm -hmm. bi-weeklies. Like, (laughs) are you past the age of 35? I am not. I am 33. So I was at the same age when I had my first son. I didn't realize I was a few years older. So I'm 30. I just turned 36, like four days ago. I was 35 with my second. And it's a world of difference because you you want to talk about doctors on doctors on doctors really, and having to go. Yes, it was such a, you know, I was so frustrated by just having to go so often because you have to be seen by the high risk doc, at least at my practice, the advanced maternal age puts you in a category of high risk. So you got to go for additional so many anatomy scans, so many ultrasounds. Yes. And sometimes you couldn't and you still have to do the regular OB appointments where you just pee in a cup and pop in and they're like, hey, you alive? Cool. Okay, heartbeat. Anyway, um, it was a huge it was it was a huge hassle. So I'm just thinking about I actually when I was um, I didn't realize that they only do two ultrasounds like for a non high risk. 
Yeah. So no, they've told me they're like, you're not getting another ultrasound because I have a no yeah. low risk situation. And yeah. I was devastated. I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me I'm not going to see this little thing's face until he gets here. Like I need to know. You did the anatomy on. scan where you get to see like the 3D. No, they didn't you know, do the features. 3D one. Just the regular 20. No, just the regular anatomy scan. And then like the first one you go in just to make sure you're actually pregnant, not just a crazy lady. Like yeah. one and two. That was it. That's different. Okay. Because I know I had several. Every experience is different. I yeah. also had gestational diabetes. So sometimes like they they'll do additional, do like a lot of extra things. So you're like, this is not enough. And I'm like, Jesus, I know what he looks like. I can tell and you. And they also right told now, me. I'm like, yep, there's the kidneys. Mm-hmm, now I can recognize the gallbladder. Yep. Oh, I'm wow. an expert now. Yeah. By the end of it. Because so many. They also told me that I should not go to one of the ones that you can just like go into that are around the city that are not like a part of the hospital. Oh, you know they, they have just those, have like, like 3D walk-in. scans. They have like walk-in 3D scans. It's, all they do is ultrasounds. And I was like, oh, oh what well, can I go? They're like, do not do that, Morgan, just because you want to see the babies. Why not? They said that those people are not trained. And you know how bougie doctors are. They're like, they're not trained. You know, you don't know if they actually know how to read things. If they see something wrong, you might have anxiety, like, you know, we're going to okay. see you like just all the things like, that part. Yes. It's not like a photo booth for your baby. They're going to be there trying to tell you things about your baby. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh, we're going to jump into this because Morgan is, I mean, has been for what a decade now. How long have you been running Blavity? More than a decade? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a decade. Almost a decade running Blavity, which has also spawned like you're wearing your 2190 hat right now has always has also spawned these like um, what do you call them? Subsidiaries? These other businesses? You got Afrotech? Brands? 2190? Brands. I don't know anymore. Brands on brands It's a conglomerate. <laughs> At the same time, you were also and have been really dedicated to like being able to coach uh, uh, you know, n- other entrepreneurs, the next generation of entrepreneurs. So I know you've had some some iterations of a, a practice where you are offering like coaching to business owners, right? So you're busy, capital B busy. During the pandemic, you moved from L- California, was it LA to Nashville? Still running all your companies and having your first baby. So let's get into it because on Brown Ambition, we've never really dedicated an episode to what does this look like? What does motherhood, parenthood look like when you're also running a business? Um, and I know so many of our listeners are working nine to five, but they also have side hustles and they would love to step for, away from their nine to five and then pursue that nine, that side hustle and may feel nervous about doing that with children. Um, and I, I've, I've always been, I've been nine to five girly for so long, y'all. And I had my son when I was a nine to five girly and I had my second son now that I've had been a business owner. So I've got both perspectives. Um, but let's get into it, Morgan. Like, Talk to me a little bit about when did you start, like, was your pregnancy planned in advance? And if so, like, how much thought went into the timing of it? You know, as much as we can control the timing, we hope we can um, talk about that, that the beginning for you. Yeah, the beginning for me was deciding that I wanted to have a personal life many, like three years ago first, you know, because I was three years ago. <laughs> Damn, I know it's true. I mean, I obviously yeah. you always want a personal life, but like taking the action to rebalance my time and 
my schedule and to hire mm. the right people at the company so that I could be afforded a personal life. Yeah. A healthy personal life. Let's just say, let's, let's call it a healthy life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that was the first step and just like trying to find, um, like just going through the dating scene and, you know, dating as a CEO, dating as an entrepreneur is not, not easy. Um, mm. and, going through that process and then really making an intentional decision to find a partner who had the same values as me and wanted the same lifestyle as me and was willing to make sacrifices and choices so that we could live the life that we wanted. So you went from zero to baby and a partner in three years. Yeah. Damn girl. I mean, if anyone was going to do it. (laughs) Let it be Morgan. <laughs> Get it done. But yeah. ta- what was from your perspective? What was hard about the the finding the partner, uh, you know, part of this? I think that it was finding someone who was at that point in his career where he was. Everybody's grinding at different times in their life. You know, mm-hmm. I chose to grind super hard in my twenties so that I could live a more balanced 30s, so that I could live a really, really good life in my 40s plus. Um, Some people spend a lot of time hanging out and exploring and figuring out who they are in their 20s. And then, you know, their 30s is really where they're buckling down and and reaching their next level of success so that they can really pop off in their 40s, right? Mm -hmm. And particularly men, I think, oftentimes have that trajectory unless they're like doctors or lawyers or places, you know, people who have to go through schooling. But if you're like in the business world, 20s, a lot of guys are just kicking it still. They're not really, they don't really have, they don't have the same issues we do as it relates to fertility. Right. Mm -hmm. So they don't really start saying, you know what, I'm going to really buckle down until they're in their thirties, which often means in my experience, especially on the coast, which is where I was, dating, uh, they're not really ready to be a full-time parent, not just father yeah. a child. I was looking for a go and have not on a, a sperm donor, not a sperm <laughs> donor. Okay. I had plenty yeah. of offers for that. I needed someone to go <laughs> half on being a parent. <laughs> okay. Yes. And so I, at one point I was dating men in their forties because I was like, okay, these are the only men who like have the mental capacity and the financial stability, and they have met their, some of their goals to even have mm. the space to be a partner and a parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and but that didn't work out for me. I didn't. That actually wasn't the right route. So that's yeah. one of the reasons I moved to Nashville was because I felt like I was closer to um, people who had similar values as me. And okay. um, you know, dated a couple guys here. And fell in love with a man I met at a bar at a restaurant on a random Friday night. Wow. So you I just know. met him, just you weren't like set up on a date or met him through an app or anything like that? Okay. No app. My friend, my yeah. other friend was, um, I texted one of my friends who lives here and just said like, let's go out for drinks. And then he had said, oh, I'm going to bring this random guy with me because you guys are both in media, which we're not both in media, but he didn't know that he's a doctor. (laughs) And um, I was like, whatever, it's fine. It's six o'clock on a Friday. And then I was like, oh, hello. Hello. What's going on over here? (laughs) That's a, that's, that's a good friend. And he did, was he thinking, Hey, they might hit it off or was it just 
happenstance. Okay, because guys don't think like that far boys, in advance. Like, no, he's, yeah, he's like, that's my well, boy. Go yeah. get a drink. Do you want to go get a? My boy's gonna come with us to get a drink. It was more of like a that situation. Yeah, I love that you. First of all, this is why you you are so successful, and I'm gonna throw myself in that category too of being mm-hmm. successful because you will be willing to make a huge change to get the thing that you want, you know, to move from Cali to Nashville and recognize like what's not working here is maybe the dating pool itself. So let's change the pool, you know, and take that, you know, take that big leap. And I, I think that's, you know, something that like, if you're listening and you, you would like to be partnered and you know what, I am here for conversations about, partners and love and relationships. I feel like in the past, like it's become sort of, I don't know, like um, criticized or made fun of like when, when, when women, you know, talk about relationships and life and love. And I'm like, but that's part of it too. And most of us want money and the other stuff like, and we should be able to talk about that. Yeah. It's all connected to me because, because I, and he was the same way, you know, we picked both picked each other and both picked people who are in alignment with our values and our financial goals and the way we want to live our life, Mm. that dramatically impacts my wealth. It dramatically impacts my ability to be an earner and to build assets. I mean, what's the point of having assets and having like a trust that doesn't go to anybody? (laughs) Like what's the point of being, you know, being able to go to, beautiful restaurants and beautiful hotels and travel around the world, you know, if you're always sleeping alone. Like, exactly. I just, I, for me, I'm sure other people are like, yes. ah, that's a beautiful life. And I'm like, I'm here for that too. I get that. But that, that yeah. wasn't the life that I wanted. So um, mm-hmm. I think that it reiterates the why behind why we are all, we want the wealth, we want the money, we want the cash. It's because of yeah. the freedom and the lifestyle and the power and the agency to live the lives we want to live. Hell yeah. And also debunking the myth that when a woman is successful, love is not an option for her because men can't rise. They feel insecure. They feel inferior. Mm. You hear those horror stories and you're like, do I have to choose one or the other? But um, I am, I'm proof that you can find a man who, you know, will support you and love you at, you know, your, your worst. And also when you're super successful and you met someone when you were already, you know, at, a level of success yourself. So yeah. who is this man? <laughs> His name is Josh. Um, yeah. He knew nothing about Blavity. He had never heard of me before because he's very much like a Southern alpha man. So he's like, I don't look up who owns companies. Like, like sports like, centers. And yeah. Like, like, <laughs> that's the media he consumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not. And, but that was like, I know that's him. great. Yeah. There's a lot of men like that. In LA, it would be like, oh my God, I applied for job at Blabity in 2019 and you never got back to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's awkward. Wait, that happened on a date? (laughs) Literally. And I've had guys that have been so messed up. Like, you know, maybe we went out for like a business drink or what I thought was a business drink. And then they'll tell their friends, I went on a date with Morgan. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Mm, I can see how that would happen in Cali though. A lot. Like Cali in New York, a certain type of person moves there, you know? That's right. Like probably a media type or at least entertainment or some kind of, you know, that, that happens, especially yeah. if they move from somewhere else to go there. Or finance. Um, it is any category, really. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also every couple I know that lived in LA that like, you know, got partnered up, most of them met somewhere else and then mm. moved to LA. I know very yeah. few people who've actually like organically met their person. 
and then in LA made the commitment, made it through the dating period, got married and had a baby. Yeah. We all knew Hollywood was a lie. But here we go. La La Land. <laughs> We're La La Land is <laughs> a lie. But you found this Josh. What does Josh do? And so Josh how soon did like career stuff come up? We didn't talk about it for a while. Um, probably like the first three months, actually, like pretty intentionally. Because mm-hmm. I had made that, mis- not made that mistake before, but felt like because in certain circles, it is so visible what I do. In certain circles, you literally could have no idea, right? Like most mm-hmm. circles. But in LA, in New York, DC, like, you know, certain circles, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, like I've heard of that. Or people start to Google in. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so Josh is a has a production company, a video production company. He works with um, high growth startups and does their video assets. And so he does oh, like narrative okay. based storytelling. So it's adjacent to me, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, we don't have a, Collaborative doesn't have a production company. Um, we hire production companies. So if you look at my Instagram, people could start to see when I started to date Josh, cause my Instagram started to get lit and I used to have a ton of videos. I noticed, you know, <laughs> I'm like, she's taking a lot more like lifestyle pics. Someone's behind the camera who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to modern innovations team because yeah, the podcast, like everything, you know, his, he has a whole company that does it. So it's much easier uh, to get oh, things done So you guys have, so y'all actually collaborate like business wise. It's kind oh, of hard love, not to. Okay. I mean, we have, he has a warehouse where he keeps a lot of the equipment, but I'm like, you have seven cameras in this house at any given Mm. moment, you know? So, yeah. So I I love that because, you know, some couples, you can work together. I know for a fact, my husband and I never, not once, mm -mm, you have your area (laughs) and I have mine, but he's a very different. He works for the government. He's into like, you know, techie stuff. But that synergy, um, was that something that attracted you to him when you found out like, okay, what he does, like he can kind of, not just what he does, you know, in the trade of video production, but the fact that he often talks to leaders of businesses and probably wasn't intimidated by you at all. Right. Cause those yeah. are real people to him. Um, I think that his creative mind attracted me to him. He's, mm. he's like a director creative. So I'm more of a business operator CEO and he's more of a creative director, I would say that also has a business. And so it's, um, it's nice to collaborate and, we'll look at a documentary and both of us aren't just looking at the documentary or watching the documentary. I'm like, who produced this? How much did this get bought for? You know, I'm looking at the Tribeca or like the Sundance notes. He's like, this was shot on this angle. Did you see that they they left the light <laughs> and the mic there? Like, you know, so yeah. I think we're just both super nerds about what we, what we do. And that's where we connected was we both take our career and our work and our life. And we just like love living everything as multi-hyphenates together. We don't compartmentalize very well. We both work from home. Um, We both sacrificed a ton in our 20s of our cash, of our time to build these businesses. Um, So I think we resonated on on like just the work ethic that goes into where we are now. And is he a Tennessee, Nashville boy? Country boy. Country Tennessee boy. I love He it. catches I'm flies with his hands. What? I was like, like, that lightning speed? Can he come to my house? Listen. Because 
it's right now the doors are thrown open and the flies have taken over and I can't, I can't. Someone's going to be listening to this and be like, wait, what? The girls who get it, get it. That is such a value add. You don't understand. That is, that is a man who can be at peace with, well, he must meditate to find that center and then just like, it's so that's good. really sexy. Sometimes it's that's annoying because really I'm like, and you, you snatched him up. This fly? <laughs> yes, he's on mine. As long as he disposes of them and washes his hands, I'm all for that. Yes. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. Hey, hey, BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. So now when you met this Josh... And the vibes are there. The romantic part is there. You also are a businesswoman. You're like, okay, timeline wise, are you thinking when is a good time to talk about what I want next, which is a family? Because, you know, turnaround time for a kid in three years, you know, y'all do know how long a baby takes to bake, right? It was pretty not fast for some, but not for you. But how did that conversation go? We didn't really start talking about a baby until we were really sure that we were each other's like forever person. We fell in love fast. You know, we moved in pretty quickly together and just like mm. were paired really fast. I love that. Um, so fast that everyone around us were like, um, are you guys sure? And we're like, yeah, we're sure. This is it. He's staying. I'm staying. This is it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then he's a little bit older. He's just a couple years older and all of his friends, again, country boy from the South. So all his friends have like some of them had like 14 year olds. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I think that he was kind of like, are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? We both are lucky enough to have both sets of our parents still alive and with us and also live in Tennessee and Nashville. Oh, I didn't realize. So your family lives in Nashville. My parents live here and his parents live here. Oh, so Girl, we've that been, is so smart for you to move closer yeah. to your family when you want to have a kid. I'm a dummy and I didn't do that, but I'm Tough. so happy for you. Yeah. It was critical. It was kind of like, all right, if you're going to be in family mode, you got to be around for me. Um, and I also was kind of like, you know, there was a scenario in which I didn't find a partner and I still wanted to be around my baby nephew and my family, you know, and just have family still as a centerpiece in my life. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so we are, so, so at that point I was like, okay, cool. Like we want to do this. So then the question is, do you wait? Like, do you wait and just like live your life? You found the love of your life. Like, let's go kick it for like four or five years. You know, that was really the decision or do we knock it out? And then, Wait, Still knock what it. out? Knock out the baby. <laughs> it's never knocked out. There's but I mean, knock no, out no the point pregnancy. have I felt like I knocked it out four years in. <laughs> well, I think we might be realizing that just a tad bit now that I'm pregnant. Just a little bit of a miscalculation there. Knock it out in 18 years? Yeah, this morning he was like, I wish we had waited. Like He's like, I'm happy you're pregnant. I'm happy about the baby. But I wish that yeah. we waited just a little bit longer because I feel like I lost you. I'm losing you. I'm like, yeah, we're best friends. You are losing me. Like, I am tired. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I know you want to hang out. But no like, one I talks just about that. The version of you that he fell in love with, it's hard to be. Everyone's pregnancy is different. Mm, my first pregnancy. Yeah, my pregnant, my first pregnancy, I barely felt it. You know, I just was mm-hmm. like running around New York being my same self. My second pregnancy hit me a lot harder. I was super sick. 
um, in pain a lot. And my husband had to caretake and I'm sorry, but he's a classic Dominican man ran by a household where the women did the caretaking. He's not very good at it, nor does he really get a lot. Yeah. So to see me, like he's already told me no more kids, if that's what you're going to be like, because like for 10 months, you know, nine, 10 months, I was different and it's so hard. And I'm like, I love this. I want to have another one. He's like, I can't do this again. Yeah. So that's real what you're describing. Very real. And I just think mm-hmm. men don't think about it as like, don't think about that element of it. They might want to be a dad. They might want to be, you know, have a family, but I don't think they realize yeah. the woman that pre baby is, I mean, we just physically can't hormonally physically, mm-hmm. like I don't sleep very well. Like it's just, it's a transition. And I knew that. <laughs> in. Yeah. I just don't think that they think through that. So for any men that are listening to this, please honor your pre-baby girl, woman, yeah. person, partner. I would say <laughs> if you haven't had an illness with your partner, like before you decide to have a baby with someone, like try to get sick or try to be <laughs> incapacitated. I'm not saying go out and break your own leg. I'm just I saying mean, you just like, try to take care of them fully for a week, even if they're not sick. Like, yeah, bring just them have water. your man or your partner Food. see what kind of caretaker they are and see what happens when you're down. Because it's sickness and health. I know that you guys, you're not actually married, right? Mm-mm, or you are? Married. No, right? But like, you know, traditional vows, sickness and health, and no, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But like, it's real. They can say that and it's cute when they're 28 or whatever, but yeah. what does that look like? And can they care for you? Cause that is and so it's gross, cool. Mandy. It's gross. Like, <laughs> you know, you've got a lot yes. going on with your digestion system. You've got a lot of things yes. going on with your physical. Oh, baby, you've been sick. You've been like nauseous. Well, I was constipated. Oh yes. They don't tell you that shit. Progesterone is the enemy. Progesterone will fuck you up from <laughs> hole to hole, okay? Right. From toe to head, all of it. Progesterone. So you better oh, be Lord. comfortable talking about your bowels with your partner. If you can't <laughs> yes. fart in front of him, if you can't talk about your bowels, if you're like, hey, when I give birth, there's going to be blood everywhere and, mm-hmm. you know, pee, I might poop while I'm giving birth. <laughs> like, if you can't say these things, yeah, maybe reconsider. Or, you know, like if you want someone who's, or if you don't feel comfortable, the way that you are in front of them, even just being, just, you know, just, if you, yeah, not putting on a face, not putting on a fit, just being, um, stinky. To be that. Body yes. odor. that is love. You know what I'm saying? That is yeah. love, but it is really hard on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, what about, so kind of setting Josh aside for a minute, we'll come back to you, Josh. Okay. We haven't forgotten. He's probably listening. But, he's like, Oh my God, please get off of me. No. Oh, they love it. Actually, if he's like my husband, he won't listen. And that's better. Um, It's better. But talk to me about business wise. So you've got your mans, Mm -hmm. you're you guys have decided you're gonna go for it, tick, get this check mark done. Um, But business wise, when did you start thinking about how this would affect, you know, your time at Blavity? And then what was your strategy from there? Yeah, so um, about a year and a half ago, is when, so like early spring last year mm-hmm. was when I said, all right, if we're going to have any shot at getting this done in the next two years, I got to change some things. So I hired a CFO chief business officer um, to help me have a better sense of our financials on a day to day. 
Um, you know, I have a, I had a VP of finance, but I needed someone who was going to be a more strategic partner and just like helping me and also had the experience running four or five six big leadership teams. Um, Blavity is over 200 people. So just for like scale wise. So, oh, wow. Okay. Um, Blavity itself. And then the additional brands are more headcount or do they all, they're they all, all underneath. underneath. Yeah. But oh, okay. full time. And then we have contractors. So like at any given point. For example, during Afrotech season, you know, we could be upwards of 400 plus people because we scale up during the conference season. Um, So fun. But so I needed people who could like manage a big boy boss company, you know, Mm -hmm. and like the some people were going to respect and be like, no, Morgan's not available, but he's got it. Right. Yeah. So and also protect the business. So if I'm out or I'm stepping back on some of the uh, the operational things like legal. We didn't have a legal department. So I hired our first head of legal in-house. She's been amazing. You know, we hired a more senior controller. So just like growing up and maturing so that we're protected. If something goes wrong, there's no like dramatic downfall of any one thing. Because my mind always goes to worst case scenario. (laughs) It's great. I mean, it's what I love about that is I've talked about it too. I haven't run. I I didn't have my son, my first son when I was running my own company and certainly Mm -hmm. not 200 people at Mandy Money Inc. It's just one and a half. But hey, one day, inshallah, inshallah. Um, But anyway, when I was nine to five, I was running a team and, you know, and of 30 plus like 100 contractors and me becoming pregnant was almost like the best thing that could have happened for my team and the company Mm -hmm. as far as my contribution, because it made me create a more resilient team, a, mm-hmm. a team that could step up to the plate and find weaknesses and plug those holes, you know, and 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 reinforce it and make it stronger. And it sounds like that happened or you feel that way, you know, about um, how you approach Blavity. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That was my biggest fear was like, you know, something, heaven forbid, something went wrong while I was pregnant where I was mm-hmm. needed bed rest or some sort of thing that like really took me out um, mm-hmm. where I really need to be hundred percent focused on baby and my own health. And there was no escalation plan. There was no secession plan. There was no body who could ultimately make some of the big decisions that we needed to make that I trusted. Um, okay. So that was really helpful. And then the other person I hired and this is key. So I got my bottom line. I hired my top line, I hired a CRO. So not only when I go on mat leave, yeah, do I not want to get sued, but I would also like to make more money. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be nice. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) So um, hired our CRO, chief revenue officer. And, uh, you know, I talked to the board about it. That's the other thing I did. You know, I've I've been telling my board, I will have a baby at some point. I will like need to rebalance some things at some point. So they were all prepared. They knew this was going to happen. And Mm. that I wanted to make some investments in some senior leaders who are, these are not cheap people. You know, these are people with 30, 40 plus years experience, you know? Um, Okay. And uh, they supported me behind that. So I think having a supportive board was helpful. And then I also had a year to work with them. So that was the other thing I wanted was like, I wanted to wait a little bit so that I could really get to know them and we're remote. So, you know, being able to travel and, meet with them and non-baby related, just straight up, make sure we're a good team together. And mm-hmm. um, I've been so lucky to have both of them because uh, in addition to my existing leadership team, which was already incredible. 
Now I know that you're in a it's a it's a difficult position, but almost a privileged position to be a CEO of a company. And like I I heard you say to backtrack a little bit, you told the board in advance, I'm going to be having a baby, right? Is that what you Before did? I and I told yeah, them. let's plan for it. <laughs> yeah, I get questions from even my own career coaching practice, and then from Brown Ambition listeners who are like, I want to have a baby, but and I want to interview, but I don't want to mention it. You know, I should I mention it? Can I mention it? No. Or they're worried about. Yeah, they're. Yeah, don't mention it, of course. Um, plus, you don't have to. There's nothing legally. You can be nine months pregnant and they and and just sitting there staring at them like, you don't see this. <laughs> what do you see? Can't talk about it. Legal. Anyway, but you do, you know, you have that, like, you don't have to worry, or maybe you did, I want to put words in your mouth, but there's not that same fear about, will I be penalized for this? Will they treat me differently? You know, because in your position, it's a position of power, which is, you know, amazing. And I just want to acknowledge for some women at work. Well, yeah, tell me, tell me what that's like for you. Yes. I acknowledge that there's a different power dynamic, but it's still a power dynamic. I absolutely worried about, it's one thing to tell someone, Hey, in the next two years, I'm probably going to have like get married and have a baby. Like, so you guys should not expect crazy 70 hour a week traveling twice a week, Morgan. (laughs) Mm. Um, And then saying, I'm pregnant in a recession (laughs) (laughs) when the media industry is in shambles Mm. and I won't be at Afrotech this year. Right. Like, you know, it's, uh, I definitely was very nervous to tell them. Um, and I told them all individually. I didn't tell them, you know, all together. It was like, let me call so-and-so, let me call so-and-so, let me call so-and-so. Okay. Um, and yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was that because like you didn't want the big drama? Like, I know it's not a, in a boardroom because it's virtual now. But did you not want the, like, did it feel like strategically better to do it one on one? I think that I was able to tailor the message to each individual personality type and their oh, own fears and anxiousness around what would happen if Morgan is not available, mm, if the CEO okay. is not available, and they all did have different reactions. One of them is like, congrats. The other one's like, who's going to run the company when you're out? <laughs> you know, it's like very different interactions. Yeah. And um, I have the blessing of being remote. So like, if you look at me, I don't look pregnant. So I probably could have gotten away with it for a very long time if I didn't really mm-hmm. make it public. Um, but that was not in the best interest as the fiduciary and chairperson of my board to do. That's not the responsible right. thing to do. But yeah, I, I did have a lot of anxiety. I'm sure it's not the same type of anxiety that a woman who is, or a birthing person who is um, talking to their employer, but in some ways the board is my employer. No, exactly. And I know we have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurs as well. And they are, I mean, Blavity, I don't know, does it feel, how, how do you feel about Blavity now? You've, you've grown up a lot and even just the past year and a half, um, not mm-hmm. to be patronizing, but you know what I mean by, yeah. by building, like you still have room to grow and to bring in new people yeah. with more experience. Um, but from the outside looking in, it's like Morgan created this great, successful company and, you know, she's she's running things. But how much of you feels like you have reached a level of like, I don't know, like, you know, not to say you're coasting, but like, I'm here, I did it. And how much of you still feels like that scrappy entrepreneur who was creating Blavity at your, you know, in college with your friends? Um, I feel that we will never go down to zero. Like having made it through COVID, it's not like we will all of a sudden go bankrupt. 
Although I say that knowing that vice just went bankrupt. So in some ways there are plenty of risks that we still have to navigate in today's climate, especially with the changes in technology. Um, and we're a very diversified business. So that's the way that I've, I've fought that risk. It's like mm. Afrotech in our talent acquisition business and helping people hire black talent is very different and totally unrelated to a content and advertising business, helping companies and people reach one another. Two different, yeah. two different businesses. So if one's up and the other one's down and down, you know, it goes up and down. Um, so I don't always, I don't feel like we're out of the hair yet. (laughs) Um, We have done a lot of growing up in the last two years. People can see it, right? I mean, you can tell because we were just a lot more present. Um, But I still feel like I have landmines. Mm. Like, I don't feel like I can just like go on vacation for six months. Right. Which brings us to this whole idea of mat leave when mm-hmm. you're a, a business owner and a CEO. So you've told the board, you're preparing, you're hiring, you're getting that done. But then what will your mat leave look like? So yeah. So my birth date, hopefully, is the week of Afrotech, actually. So that's November mm-hmm. 1st. Yeah, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. However, I'm going to be struggling with how much fun everyone else is having. <laughs> Doesn't November seem so far away when you're seven months? Ooh, girl. It does last. Yes, but I, it, it's coming, okay? But it's weird because I'm but. also like, we're not ready for Afrotech. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not ready for baby. So it's a weird. Yeah. It's a really, then the baby it's will be thing. here and you'll forget. You'll take your hands off the wheel and your people will grab the wheel and you'll forget. Yeah. And you'll just be like, doesn't matter. But anyway, keep going. Sorry, Matt, leave. Yeah, so that's the that's the timing, which is Q4. So, you know, we work in quarters. So mm-hmm. Q4 is um, October, November, December. October, November, December. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so you know, that's also our biggest quarter as a company across both businesses. Uh, so it's a really critical time for us as a company. Um, how am I changing or how am I preparing? I've worked on my maternity plan. Um, and we're doing all of our annual planning for 2024 right now. So we're meeting in person at the leadership level and deciding our goals, deciding the entire operating schedule from Q4 through the end of Q1, which we wouldn't normally do. We would usually wait till the end of the year, Mm -hmm. closer to the end of the year to build out our plan for the first half of next year, like from a, like literal budgets and P and L's level. Right. Um, so I moved it up. Because those are key decisions that are my responsibility to make. And I needed to move it up in a way at a time in which I had the mental, physical, and emotional capability to manage complex situations. Not Mm -hmm. when I am so tired and would prefer to not even talk to anyone because I will be nine months pregnant. (laughs) No, that's smart. Absolutely. So you're calling it maternity planning. There's no, will there be a period where it's going to be, do not contact me. I am in newborn phase. Yes. But my mind, I am winding down now so that everyone can get prepared and people will be uh, like my direct reports will switch over before I go on that leave so that if there's questions or things that people need to work through, like let's say one of my reports is now moving to our CFO, we will do one-on-ones with all three of us so that moving forward, there's at least some rapport 
there's some, all the nuances are all handled before I'm actually unavailable because I do plan on once I actually the week before I give birth, I'm out. So no phone slacks coming off my phone, emails coming off my phone. Um, I have to be religious like that. Like I have to be disciplined like that because I know myself. Mm There's like, yeah. if, if I see the slack, I'm going to look at the slack. <laughs> <laughs> I was slacking in the delivery room, but it was my second. It was more relaxed, you know, but anyway. <laughs> I hear you. I, I, I talked to a lot of women. I did a lot of research before um, I made my maternity leave plan. And I tried to look up like, what is the standard? Um, for CEOs and founders and business operators. I think it's one thing to be an executive at a really big company and to take mat leave. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a little different when at the end of the day, you're still responsible for all these people's salaries and their livelihoods and their kids being able to afford braces. Like, you know, I take my responsibility very seriously. So I, there's not actually that many resources. You're either like Marissa Meyer <laughs> Yahoo, who I worked which, under at Yahoo. Exactly. She had and twins was, and blew out an office and built a nursery and And yes. the world ripped her apart for it. They sure did. Yeah. Ripped her apart for sure it. Did. But they would have ripped her apart if she food. also didn't. It was a mess. Yep. I mean, it was yes. but that was like the first public mess that I did. Did you talk to Marissa? Who'd you talk to? I don't know if you can say, but I think it's so wise of you to talk to yes, women who are who know exactly intimately what you're going through, which yes. must have been. I cannot say who I talked to, but I did not talk to Marissa. I talked to other women of similar stature at different levels, okay. women who own their own companies, women who are hired CEOs at companies that are scaling, um, women who were fundraising or going through an acquisition or a sale or a fundraise. And there's just so many different scenarios. And um, what everyone said was like, look, you're super hormonal right when you give birth for like at least the first eight weeks. I'm curious what your experience was, Mandy, or is. Uh, I do endorse this. Yes. The hormones keep hormoning, uh, the progesterone, whatever it is, the, the evil. Yes. It continues long after. So for me, it's like bit snap decisions, you know, or decisions that, that are big. You don't necessarily want to do those by yourself, you know, right. for a couple and that's of months what they after pregnancy. They're like, I mean, mm-hmm. you can do, podcasts, you can write a newsletter, you can like do some day-to-day things, but you don't want to do your annual budget planning eight weeks postpartum where you're deciding. Or prepartum. Or like like, the month before is going to be, yes, you're a live wire. At least I was. You're going to figure out. I'm already already spontaneously crying. So if that's how it is at seven months, it's going to be a mess. Girl, I had to stop watching anything with commercials. Why are commercials so sad? Like, why? <laughs> what for? And also, fuck you, TikTok algorithm. Because when I tell you, when I got, I don't even know when it started, maybe the second trimester, so many dead baby stories on TikTok. Oh, no. I'm happy for y'all that you're sharing and getting and There's no shame. But Jesus, if TikTok could just so not happy. deliver those to me in the For You page, it would be, yeah. Helpful. helpful. <laughs> it would be helpful. Yeah. So, so they, but, but talking to other women, told me, they told me these things. They said, Mm, move your planning up. Do not think that two weeks before you give birth, you're going to be able to build an entire financial plan for your company for next year. Like, no, Mm. do not think you're going to go to a board meeting and like represent the company two weeks before you give birth. Like let other people speak at the board meeting, you know? So I feel grateful that I was able to have 
access to women mm-hmm. who've been through this before because it's not it's not like I could pick up a book on how to do this. Yeah. Um, so then once I so so for about six weeks post baby, I will be unavailable. Don't text me. Don't call me. As long as there's no lawsuit, I don't want to hear about it. And then mm-hmm. after that six weeks, I will still be on mat leave, but I will. Uh, read a weekly email, which I call a decision-making log, which my chief of staff will manage, which is basically just document all the decisions that are being made. And mm-hmm. if some, if I think that something is a yellow flag, then I will type back my response. Okay. Just so that I don't come back and I'm like, why did so-and-so decide yeah. to use this random tool that cost us $200,000? Like, Gotcha. Y'all didn't think you wanted to tell me about that, <laughs> right? It's like, I'm imagining that's how it feels when I leave the house and someone nice does dishes for me, but they put my shit in all the wrong drawers. And I'm like, they're like, be grateful I helped you. I'm like, honestly, leave the kitchen dirty because if I can't find the spatula, I'm going to be in a rage for five minutes Facts. while I'm opening. Not anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not helpful. No, Not helpful. that's smart. What yeah. about red flag? You said yellow flag. Is there a red flag version where you hop on a phone call or something? Yeah, red flags. Um, I'm still working on my red flag list, but the Should other be a red hologram. flag. You hologram yeah. up here. <laughs> no. I'm <laughs> just like if a, if a VP or above resigns or is about to resign, like if there's some sort mm-hmm. of like senior leader that as of now we don't think is unhappy or is getting poached, like and there's a situation, call me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be surprised. I, I very much value our, our team and our leadership team. Um mm-hmm. And if I can make a last minute phone call or a last minute budget decision, like, let me know. Um, yeah. The list wasn't very long, <laughs> frankly. You know, yeah. I think I also said, like, don't miss your goals on the list. Like, if you are going to miss your goals, don't let me just, like, tell me in advance. Oh, okay. That but, yeah, me? I think that sounds good. I mean, it's, it's for me, my math as an entrepreneur, it's kind of, it's, I don't know. I kind of enjoy it. I, I definitely enjoy my maternity leave so much more now that I have, because mm. for me, it's fun. To, I, first of all, I love what I do, right? What do you do so with your for time? me, what do I do with my time? Yeah, exactly. It's boring as hell, especially you don't have another kid to distract you or make you, it's boring. They just lie there. And That's they, what I'm you know, if they, they lie there and even the things that do involve you doing things like becomes monotonous. And, yeah, birth, and again, breastfeeding, I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing while I'm doing that for like, exactly, you'll get to a, a time when your brain starts to be free. And you're like, this thing is not responding to me, not even smiling. They don't even smile to like eight, 10 weeks old. They can't g- give you nothing. They just take they're a leech. They take, take, take. Ooh. So you have to give, give, give. Like I, yeah. I had my first post maternal uh, postpartum massage. Like I think at mm. week, I think I was two or three weeks postpartum. Mm-hmm. I booked that stuff for myself because, like, again, they're giving you nothing. They're just sucking it from you. So <laughs> yeah, pouring into yourself. I was like, yeah, I'm taking this. I'm going on these massages. I just Good had to do you. tissue yesterday. Ninety minutes, baby. Yes. Um, yeah. It, just the board. So being able to, you know, check into Slack, check in with my admin, take a media, you know, interview request. I kept homegirl from CNBC on the phone for like 45 minutes because I'm like, I got all the time. You want to talk about this? I got to know this. She's like, <laughs> I got my quote. Can you like go? You must have something better to do. I'm like, actually, no, I just want to talk. Yeah, yeah. So that I like. And dipping my toe in and out. But for you as a leader, I imagine you don't want to get them. You don't want to like, 
yeah, you can't just be in and out because then it's unsure. People aren't sure. Then they start turning to you for it and they're not listening to each other. Exactly. So how do you think you'll manage that? I've learned that the hard way. I mean, I've, I've, I've had many years where I've tried to go on vacation and then I'm like on calls, you know? So Mm -hmm. I've learned that there's really no in between either she's online or she's offline and either she trusts us to make the decision or she doesn't trust us to make the decision. Mm. Um, and so I have to actually be offline, which is not going to be easy, which is why I have to proactively manage it and take all the things off my phone. And how long will they be off your phone for? Is that just the six weeks? Or are we Yeah, that'll be that? from November through um that'll be November through the second week of December. Okay. I mean and it's then, the holiday season too, so it's not a bad time to be winding down. Or should no. be okay. Well yeah. CEO of CFOs, I mean we're not really ever off. Like the rest of True. our employees will be kicking it, but we we're yeah. we're doing the budget <laughs> planning and all the things for them to come back to. So um mm-hmm. And then I'm taking all of January still. Like I'm, I'm still going to be off all the way through mid February, and okay. um, and then so again quarter. So all the way through Q1, um, and then what I'm doing is for my direct reports, the the two weeks that I come back in February or week and a half because February is short, I will then shadow back into the one on one. So I will not come back and immediately disrupt. Because that's the other thing gotcha. that I think people might have anxiety about. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, she's been gone for so long. So much has happened. Like, Yes. You're she- so emotionally smart. Like, you're so tapped into how people, f- what, how your presence changes dynamics. People. And that's so smart. And that's you trauma. Can't, it's a trauma. <laughs> and maybe you learn the hard way. But to work for someone like you who gets that, it's that I think is the opposite of a toxic work environment, whatever you want to call it. But um, I just want to like commend you for that because, um, you know, and maybe your people are are so used to it that they take it for granted, but do not (laughs) (sighs) because yeah, it's clear that you care about them. I'm so emotionally like aware of my presence is because I used to not be. And Mm. I got a lot of (laughs) negative feedback about it. And, Mm. um, and that was, something that I've worked really hard and had a lot of coaching on my own performance as an executive on how do I build high performing teams. And part of the key thing that I had to work on was high trust and understanding. I underestimated what my presence, how it impacted people. Like as a founder, making that transition from founder to CEO, I did not understand the power dynamics as because we grew so quickly. Because there was a time when I was like, these are just the homies. But it's like, these are not the homies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm so glad because I think that that was a part of leadership that, um, you know, just even showing up to happy hour or not or popping in. Hey, you guys are meeting. I love hearing about marketing. Let me just pop in and listen. No, don't just do that. <laughs> don't I do don't that. do that anymore. They go out for drinks. I don't go. You know, mm-hmm. if we take the team to dinner, I'm at dinner and then I leave. Like it's not I think Lizzo is learning this right now. Ooh. What Lizzo is going through right now, this is the lesson she's learning. And you know what? People are dragging her, but I'm like, you're dragging her. She is becoming a better leader. Like this is going to make her. This is what we all, I think, as leaders go through a little bit if you don't get like a stern talking to. Absolutely. What's your perspective on that? That's how I feel like it is. Like, girl, Absolutely. don't go to the strip club with your co- with your Why direct reports. You? No, and and not not junior level 
like contractor reports who are, that's the definition of a power dynamic where they're trying to keep, mm-hmm. they're trying to get in, you know? So they're going to do, they're going to have pressure to do with whatever the, the group is doing because they want to get in, you know? Exactly. So, and they idolize you. You're Lizzo, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be the same thing for me if like, I'm kicking it with people we hire as, as staff for Afrotech and I'm like, we outside. I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. These people are trying to get a full-time job at Blavity and be on the Afrotech yeah. team full-time. <laughs> like, exactly. this is not okay for them, exactly. <laughs> right? And um, and also not good for me. It puts me at risk, puts the company at risk. And mm-hmm. I think the situation with Lizzo is exactly that. Like, she was probably just, this is probably her natural state and just yep. kicking it. You're in Amsterdam at a mm-hmm. club. Amsterdam at a club is code for, you're at a sex club, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> they kind of leave the Amsterdam part out of it, which I think is unfair in the storyline. Cause to me, I'm like, that's right. actually a critical part of you're in Amsterdam where sex and sex clubs are legal. Like this is not, and like you're freaking Lizzo, you know, and what you're I mean? a sex positive woman. So anyway, icon. Yes. Icon. <laughs> um, but not to diminish how those women might've felt uncomfortable in that space. I could totally understand how you feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And why they'll put them in that position. And so she should not have put them in that position. And I I 100% agree that 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 was not cool. Um, So, yes, that is the consequence of not being aware of your power dynamic and feeling like maybe you want to be inclusive when actually being inclusive in we're all equals. You're not actually all equals. You're the boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a bit of a delay. Do I sound okay to you? You sound great. Okay, perfect. I know it's going to look better when we're like live and stuff. But anyway, if I'm like taking a minute to respond, there's a teeny tiny delay. Okay, perfect. So, all right, we've talked about the Bay. I said we come back to him. I'll get to him. Uh, The business. Now let's talk about you and what life as a parent will look like after you have the the baby. Ooh, let's do that with Bay, business and baby, the three B's. Now we're in the baby phase. So talk to me about how you're planning your own support so that when you have this child, you can be your, you know, the best version you can possibly be. Um, I know that you've got some plans for your own support, which I'm so happy to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us a, a little bit about that. What will it look like for you? So first up was my um, baby shower. I decided not to have a baby shower and to have a nesting week instead where my girlfriends flew in and my family to help me prepare as like acts of service as opposed to gifts. Um, oh my goodness. So, yes. Because I just don't like, I'm not someone who feels like I'm not an over planner when it comes to these types of things. It sounds crazy. Cause I just told you my whole maternity plan for the business, you know, as it relates mm-hmm. to me personal, like I just bought like my first pack of diapers. Like, you know, I'm not like, I don't have like this stuff. Same. Yes. Yes. It doesn't um, seem as urgent. It's like Amazon's a thing, you know? Yes. Just go to Target, you know? Um, but I know other moms are like mad prepared. As soon as they find out they're pregnant, they start buying all types of stuff. So mm-hmm. I was, um, I knew that about myself and I have a lot of, I'm really grateful to have a lot of women in my life that are amazing moms and have recently gone through it. So they're coming. It's like I put out the bat signal. They're coming and they are 
helping me with my hospital bag and I'm like nipple cream, uh, like, you know, just all this <laughs> stuff, like all the things that yeah. are tied to my own being and my own wellness, writing me postpartum sticky notes to put on the mirror, you know, to help with just my body image and just knowing that like I've been through an experience with just all of the little things. And I value that so much from, from how I live my life and how I receive love. It means so much that they're coming okay. to do that. And they would have came for a baby shower too and kicked it. But, like, I don't need someone to buy me the stroller. I yeah. need you to help me put the stroller together. <laughs> uh, yes, that that is such a – and for anyone who's listening, if you're having your first child, like, are you planning to? This is this took me until my second mm. to come to that because I thought about what did I – no, I had, a, I had a killer baby shower, though. I wasn't even a shower. I had a parte. Let's go. Um, it was – my husband's Dominican, but I think I'm more Dominican than he is because when I tell you we rented out a Dominican restaurant, it was from – Six to eleven, open bar. Oh my um, gosh, let's go. We were doing, yeah, we were dancing. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, but this time around, my mom and my sister, I flew in. They flew in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks before the baby, and they were pressed like, "Is the baby going to come before we leave?" I'm like, "I don't know, maybe, maybe not." But this is what I need you for. You know what I mean? To help me finally like put the old stuff that you know won't fit the baby from you know hand me downs, get them organized and stuff. So that's that's so so smart. Um, and you said you moved closer to where your your um, parents live, right? Yeah. I love that. Do you know, like right now, what your childcare will look like for the Working little Working on that, I decided, I talked to both the grandmothers and just tried to understand what they wanted because, you know, first up would be like, mm-hmm. y'all just come over and help me with the baby. But mm-hmm. actually what I realized is like, they, they want to be grandmothers. They're happy to help, but like they want to be grandmas. Um, which is not the same thing as helping me. (laughs) Yeah. They just want to hold the baby. There's mother's helper roles and there's like, yes, they just want to cuddle. Like they don't want to be cooking and cleaning, taking the trash out, which we desperately need as well. Yes. And that was something else that the women that I was like, when I was just kind of going through this, were telling me, they're like, look, family and friends are like super helpful. But at the end of the day, like they, they have their own lives too. Like they are not, they did not decide to get pregnant and have a baby. So make sure that you have people who are dedicated to helping you. So what we're doing is hiring a family assistant um, who will be dedicated to me and Josh to help us because I want to be an active like caregiver for the baby. I'm going to be the primary caregiver for the baby, but that means I don't want to worry about everything else. Mm. If that makes sense. So everything else, like like um, like family engagements, like what are the holidays going to look like? Tell me, yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to worry about decorating the tree. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, okay. You know, oh, like okay. I don't like Thanksgiving. You know, someone was like, "Are you guys going to have Thanksgiving at your house?" I'm like, "Absolutely not." But like, if Thank we you. are, they can manage it. Like they can. Hire the chef or whatever. Yeah. Okay. You got a mother's helper. Yes. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Um, Or if like, I want to go to, I won't be flying for a while, obviously, but I'm probably going to get stir crazy. So I want to go to Gatlinburg. So are you going, can you look up the houses on Airbnb and like book it? You know, like I just want to focus on me and baby and, um, and then also give Josh a chance to focus on him transitioning into fatherhood and supporting me. And supporting baby and not necessarily all of the house management and life things falling on his plate either. Because he also, yeah. you know, he's going to probably go back to work obviously faster than I am. Um, so that's the plan. And then a night nurse for um, just like the first 
three months when I'm still at home on maternity leave just to help me with healing and just learning how to take care of baby at night and then get some sleep. Yeah. But hopefully by the time I'm back from mat leave, you know, he'll be sleeping mostly through the night, even if he wakes up like once or twice. How much is a night nurse? Like, what does that cost? Have you been like pricing it out yet? Oh, you know, I got a budget. Come on, man. I know you are. Tell me though, because I'm (laughs) I'm genuinely curious. Yeah. Yeah. A night nurse is anywhere between it. There's different levels of night nurse. So the most senior night nurse or postpartum doula, there's all types of names, but basically someone who is certified to take care of a baby. I want someone who is also uh, previously an actual nurse who has all the certifications. Okay. Um, Which comes at a price, I'm sure. Yeah. It's like 35, 30 to $35 an hour. Oh, okay. So eight hours, two forty. Six to eight hours, depending on how, because they can come in at like 11, yeah. you like know, what, so 1,000, 1,500 a week-ish about that? Okay. Depends on how many nights you do. You know, some people could do it just for two nights, right? Some people right, do it for yeah. four nights. Um, that also can help with like date nights and things like that. You know, when you know, probably months, we're probably months and months away from having a date night, but like certain scenarios nights. in which you want someone, the baby's already sleeping, but you need someone yeah. there. Um, I and again, have three glasses to- of wine after 9 p.m. and watch Below yeah. Deck for a few hours. And just <laughs> not be worried about, oh, what happens if he wakes up and I'm like, you know, slightly tipsy. Um, yeah, exactly. But also breastfeed. So it's if you are not breastfeeding, it's a little bit different because you actually just sleep through the night. If you're breastfeeding, mm-hmm. you're still waking up to pump or like feed baby, but then you're not doing the burping, the swaddling, the diapers, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. someone else is doing that. Because by the time you do all that shit, they're ready to eat again and you don't sleep. And yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that is, uh, that is money well spent. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm like right now because I work from home. I don't feel the – when I was – yes, when I was 9 to 5, it was real – it was – plus it was the pandemic. God, those it was, it was a blur. It was so hard. But this time around, you know, I can take my little naps and my husband got a longer mater- paternity leave this time, which mm-hmm. was amazing. He got 12 weeks this time wow. versus six. Did you guys have to go up? back after? We talked about it, but then like we just were enjoying it. So yeah. he just spent 12 weeks at home and I'm like, he got vacation days, you know, we'll figure it Um, We had such an amazing time. He just went back a couple days ago Um, and he enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm still, you know, loving it, but, um, yeah, the whole sleeping at night situation is, I, I just, I do, I get, you get what you can. Um, how many and times one are you guys the, waking up? Well, not that often. So I'm trying to tell you what I do without getting shamed because here's the thing. Oh, As I parents, just I'm getting a night nurse. You don't think the girls are going to come for me, but, but <laughs> listen, they, but it's someone who's qualified and they're a nurse and all this. If I told you what I was doing at night, some people would say that's not pediatric approved, American Society of Pedi, whatever it is, APA approved, like the moms would come for me on IG. But I co-sleep with my baby. Um, He and I, he sleeps on my chest for a good stretch of the night. And when he wants to feed, I just pop a boob out and he eats and he goes back to sleep on my chest. And it Mm. is 
delightful and I get sleep. He gets sleep. I don't have to get up because he's right there. I don't do the swaddling at night like I did with my first. And when he naps during the day, he's usually napping on his tummy Mm. in the middle of the living room Mm. in the hard bassinet. And we watch him and he does amazing and he'll sleep so long. And I don't have to stress about putting him down for a nap and getting the like with my firstborn, we were insane because like, you know, we we had like the perfect we weren't insane, but we were very rigorous. I was about like the perfect blackout bedroom, blackout Mm -hmm. shades, white noise machine blasting. It had to be everything had to be quiet, swaddled on his back. And if he didn't sleep for a full 45 minutes or a two hour nap, I had failed. And like, why isn't he sleeping? Mm -hmm. I don't even and I was tracking everything. You know, they have the apps and Oh, girl, no. So I was tracking everything. And and this time, like, first of all, I had to be more relaxed this time because I have a three-year-old running oh, around the house. Yeah. And I'm not going to spend my day telling him to shush because he's never gonna because mm-hmm. he's three. And so, and also, I don't want to be that mom that's like, shush, shush, shush. You can't. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to, you know, it's just, yeah. it's not fun for him. It's not fun for me. So it's like everything is baby and, you know, like, or, you know, that thing mm-hmm. and the baby will be there in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he slept, he's sleeping through construction next door. He sleeps through his brother screaming yeah. and crying and, you know, horsing around. So we do what works for us and I'm having a damn good time. Uh, and I'll decide, Imani, whether or not you can keep this in the show. But I wanted you to know, Morgan, yeah. that, yeah, you'll figure your own. Mandy, I think you'll you figure out your it. own strategies. Yeah. I think this is the stuff that, you know, we as public figures are, are have to tell people what's going on with our lives. Because yeah. if you look at the stuff on the Internet, you know, it's just tragic how much people shame things that actually people have been doing for centuries. Like people yeah. have been co-sleeping safely in so many I cultures imagine I'm like in a medieval yeah I imagine I'm like in a medieval like era where we're just like all sleeping like in the same room and the, I'm like the yeah. babies did this I'm sure they did it just feels so natural and so good and, and you're I tra- an educated yeah. woman it's not like you're uninformed you have every resource available to you people have to trust that you are making the right decision for yourself and the baby like yeah. This is not a situation in which you don't know about all the things that people talk about. So yeah, I think this is the freedom. This is the part that people need to know. It's like, yeah, Morgan's getting a night nurse. Manny's got the baby. Like, it's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> and if you decide to – and also, like, there's the element of you can have your plan and then you have a human being who you need to meet. And I'm so much more mentally – prepared for I was this time around that I'm getting to know this baby Mm. he's going to be fussing and crying because he I don't know what he needs yet I got to get to know him Mm -hmm. and so so many conversations with him I'm like oh so you don't like that okay cool cool got it now noting that for the future and also they change every three days or every couple days too so what what worked for him yesterday is not going to work today so it's like different baby every day um yeah, this whole mat leave for me has just been such a joy. That's why I'm like, I want another baby. Shocking myself. My husband's like, no, no, <laughs> not if you have to get pregnant to do it. <laughs> um, but I, oh, just huge congratulations. I know I could talk to you forever and ever about this. Um, God, did we not? Is there something that we didn't touch on? I never did come back to Bay. That's but okay. sh- he'll be fine. Be fine. Um, <laughs> I hope that you have a healthy. Uh, rest of your pregnancy and I don't even need to 
like at this point you've done, I know you've done the research, you're going to find out on your own. Um, and you're going to be a brilliant, brilliant mom. What a lucky baby. <laughs> what a lucky baby. Um, yeah, huge congrats. I'm going to send you a little something too. If you, t- if you, if you share your deeds with me, I will. some stuff. Thank you. Thank Cause you. I can't come and put a crib together for you, which I would do <laughs> if I was in Nashville, but I'm in New York. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, thank you for um, having me. And I hope for any woman or person who's going through this, that's listening to, um, listen to us. Who's an entrepreneur, who's a CEO, you know, or who is a side hustler, who's juggling different things, you know, just know that there are an infinite amount of options of how you transition into parenthood and mm-hmm. um, there's no one right, right, right way to do it. And at the end of the day, you can prepare as much as possible, but just like Mandy said, you know, you want to also be open and flexible to whatever the universe and God has for you and, and your baby. And sometimes that means just being prepared for the whatever. Mm-hmm. Being real good with whatever is the key to my happiness. That's right. You are, I'm like constantly, my therapist is like, you're a leaf, you're a leaf floating on the stream and it's going to change directions. I'm like, yes, I'm a leaf. I am. <laughs> um, oh, congrats, Morgan. Thank you so much for being on Brown Ambition. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Definitely go check out Morgan's brand new podcast, The Journey, which you can find. You know how to find podcasts. You listen to this one. Also, definitely follow her on IG. And The Journey has its own page. So follow that as well. Follow Blavity. Follow all the things, okay? And Morgan, I can't wait to have you on the show again. Thank you so much for supporting us all these years. and just for being the light that you are. Likewise, thank you. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.